0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Moms & Coaching Podcast. I'm Brooke Wyckoff, women's basketball coach at Florida State University, and mom to my daughter, Avery.
1: And I'm Erica Lambert, women's basketball coach at Abilene Christian University, and mom to my daughters, Ava and Maya. Being a mom and being a coach are two amazing jobs,
0: but being both provides a unique set of challenges, especially in the world of college athletics. So on this podcast, we discuss our experiences, share some advice, and have real
1: conversations
0: with other moms in coaching who get it.
1: If you're a college coach, a high school coach, anyone working in athletics, or a working parent in general, we're so glad you're here listening in. We wanna encourage you to win the day and keep your family first. so excited to finally get started with this and want to welcome everybody this is the very first episode of the moms and coaching podcast this is erica lambert i'm here with brooke and i'm in abilene texas she's in tallahassee and we're so glad to be talking with you guys today so excited to be here we've been talking about this for so long and just
0: really excited to get into conversation and getting some amazing moms and coaches on here as well to chat with us
1: Brooke and I get to keep up every once in a while with our Moms and Coaching projects, and we just love to talk to each other, too. So I just want to hear what's been going on with you lately and what coaching and mom life looks like with COVID and the crazy 2020 that we've had so far.
0: It has been a crazy year with COVID, with all the social justice things going on. It feels like a lot is happening. Work-wise, we've been able to really move forward with recruiting. There's always something to be done communicating with them and also with our players, um, even though we can't be with them in person, there's it's just still been really busy in that regard. But at the same time, since we haven't been allowed to go out and do things as much as we normally can, we've been getting that rest that we've all kind of craved or that slowdown time, that time just to be, um, which has been really interesting and, and hard at times, but also kind of nice. My time has slowed down even more because my daughter went to be with her dad over spring break, which was about mid-March when everything shut down. And so because of all the safety guidelines and, and travel things associated with COVID, she stayed with him and is not coming back to the end of the summer. So that's been hard. Obviously, I miss her very much, but I did get out of homeschooling. (laughs) I almost feel guilty saying that because I know you, for example, had to go through all of that. But No way, that's a victory. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. But I'm really just thankful for this time and everything that we've learned and are learning and obviously for health. So I'm especially thankful, though, to be here with you, Erica, and finally have the chance to do this. So tell us what's going on with you. How have you been?
1: Yeah. So I think it's funny all the times we've said that our pace has slowed down. I don't feel like I've been very bored. I don't have like a bunch of extra time to take on new projects and things like that. My kids have been home with me the whole time. And we finished school pretty early. In the end, I guess it was nine weeks of homeschool for first and third grade. And I mean, I was pretty good at first grade. I'm a good first grade teacher. Third grade, girl, the math, and the grammar. I can't tell you how many times I Googled is the an adjective, is a an adjective. We got into a pretty good rhythm with that. My husband is a dentist and he was home. His business was closed for four weeks and then he went back to work. Texas is pretty wide open. I think we were one of the earlier states to open back up. We still have some restrictions, but our campus is fairly open. So I've been in and out of the office the whole time. The structure has just been so different. So I guess we can kind of dictate our own pace and that's been really nice, but I've not been bored, that's for sure. <laughs> Right. We're slowed down. We can't travel. We can't
0: be busy outside of the house as much, but it does. It feels like there's always something to do and the days kind of pass really quickly, which I'm thankful for because in athletics and as coaches, we want to slow down. But then when we do, it's like, oh man, what am I doing?
1: I know we're not really built for that. I feel like I know my recruits better than ever. We've really kept up on the phone with so many weekly calls, just trying to figure out what to talk to them about from week to week when there's not a whole lot going on on either end has been interesting. And then, of course, we've got video streaming starting with recruiting and all of that good stuff. They're back in action.
0: They certainly are. And at our level, the NCAA is allowing our athletes to slowly return to campus and return to working out. So by the end of July, we should be pretty much in the thick of things with on-court workouts and practices. So that is exciting. There's still some uncertainty that goes along with all of that. But like everybody, I think we're ready to get back to some kind of normalcy.
1: For sure. I mean, I'm excited to see my players and I'm excited to start building our 2021 team. Now, of course, the consideration for us that's a little bit different than other coaches is that a lot of us still have kids at home and child care is closed for the summer for the most part. I think some people may have daycares open back up. Everybody's situation's different depending on where you live, but those team workouts and team practices and work days that might look a lot more normal, now we need to figure out what we're doing with our kids. So I cannot wrap my head around that quite yet. <laughs> So this first episode is just to reintroduce Moms in Coaching and reintroduce ourselves. And we'll just start with the really first basic question. What is Moms in Coaching?
0: First of all, I love that question because I love talking about Moms in Coaching. It's something that I'm really proud of. But simply put, we are a group of women who coach basketball and are mothers. And what we do is encourage each other to win on the court. And in the home. And I know that might sound a little cliche or cheesy, but it really is what we're all about. And it started as a support group for people that already were moms, but we want to include those women that are thinking about becoming a mom or starting a family. Those people are really important to this group because they're searching and wondering, just like we were, just like sometimes we still do today when we already have kids, is Can I do this? Can I do both of these things and be really, really good at both of these things? And the answer that we always want to come to is yes. Is it going to be hard? Absolutely. Are there going to be many moments where you feel like you can't do it? Absolutely. But the purpose of moms and coaching is to understand that, hey, you are not alone. There are so many amazing women out there doing this exact same thing, going through these exact same issues and moments as you are. And we are fabulous and we're going to succeed.
1: The deal is being a working mom or a working parent in general is hard. It's hard, but we're kind of a different breed because our schedule is so unconventional our calendar throughout the year, our schedule for every day. There's so much travel involved and so many nights and weekends and the stakes are high in coaching. It's really competitive. We have to do well to keep our jobs. Advancing in our profession often involves moving around the country. And so that's just a little bit different than some other careers. And it's hard when you are a mom and you're trying to keep that pace When the people around you don't necessarily have the same responsibilities in your home. And I think each year when we talk to moms at our annual meeting at the Final Four, there's undoubtedly some women in there who are the only mom on their coaching staff, or they may be the only mom in their whole athletic department. So we just kind of need each other. And we don't have time to go to the moms groups that meet on Thursdays at 11 a.m. when you have preschoolers. So these are our people.
0: Yes, these definitely are our people. That is for sure. And speaking of our people, I want to mention the WBCA, which is the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, who we've been partnering with pretty much since the inception of Moms in Coaching. When we had our first meeting six years ago, it was as a part of the WBCA convention, which they host every year in conjunction with the NCAA Women's Basketball Final Four. And what was really neat about that time was the WBCA was beginning to really make a focus on what they called keeping women in coaching. They were developing programming and education for younger women who wanted to get into coaching. And it was a really neat time because that is what Moms and Coaching is about. We don't necessarily focus on professional development, but what we talk about is that balance that obviously every woman, if she wants to have a family and a career, has to think about. And so the fact that the WBCA was making this push at the same time we were getting geared up to start Moms in Coaching was really, really cool. And we're just so thankful for our partnership with them, the support that they provide us, giving us a spot at the convention, and also just sharing that vision of keeping women in coaching.
1: Yeah, Um, I feel like we are just doing our small part to keep women in coaching, which is a larger effort that has come to the forefront in the last, I'd say, five to seven years. And the leading center for research on this is at the University of Minnesota. Before I came to Abilene, I actually lived in Minneapolis for a year and I got to meet Nicole Lavoie, who heads up the Tucker Center for Research on Girls and Women in Sport. And they're the ones who put out the report card each year that grades different universities on hiring women to coach women's Sports, and I don't know of any other research out there that's as thorough as what they do. In 1974, 90% of women's college teams were coached by women, and today that number is around 40%. And it's been at 40% for about a decade now, and that's for all women's sports. So I think in women's basketball, our numbers are a little bit higher, but it's definitely something that's being talked about and thought about, and administrators are trying to be more intentional about that. The reason why is really simple we coach women. And so women need to have leaders who they can look up to and role models that they can identify with.
0: Exactly. I mean, just speaking from personal experience, I played for Coach Sue Semrao, who is now my boss, and she's been someone that I've been able to look to as a leader, not only of our team and our program, but as a leader in the community and as a leader in our profession. And Just being able to see her, a woman who I could identify with and be mentored by, has meant so much for me personally and professionally. I do believe there is a place for everyone in coaching. I think men coaching women's basketball, women coaching men's basketball, older people, younger people, there's a place for everybody. We all have different things to offer that can help improve our game and help improve the lives of the people that we're coaching. But you just can't say enough about Having a person in a leadership position in power that you look to, that is similar to you, has similar experiences to you, and really just gives you that confidence that, yes, I can be someone that's a leader in a leadership position in my community or in my small corner of the world. I can be someone in power. We have to have those people that we can look to.
1: So we've mentioned our meeting at the final four, but let's talk a little bit more about that, even though we didn't get a chance to do it this year. We've had five of those now.
0: Yeah. Our moms and coaching meeting every year is probably my favorite thing that we do with moms and coaching. It's an awesome opportunity. We get everybody together in a big room and it's just people who are sharing common ground of being a mom or thinking about being a mom who are in our profession. And we usually have about 60 to 80 women attend and it's just a great time to physically be together all in one place every single year. I love telling the story about how this all started. I had a vision for doing something like this because I was pregnant and kind of searching for that connection. Nobody on my staff could really understand what I was going through. I didn't know many people who were moms in this business, but I began to meet them while we while we were out on the road recruiting and I thought, wow, we need to get everybody in one place. Like this is so great to connect. I want all of us to be able to get together and and just be in a room together. And I was researching a little bit online and saw something and lo and behold, I met this amazing blogger who I'm now talking to right now who is running a blog called Coach Mom. And she was talking to coaches who are mothers and there was lots of great stuff that I needed and connected to on her blog. So we got in touch and the rest is history.
1: Yes, I was I was blogging about Coach Moms and you were planning a meeting for Coach Moms and we were like, hey, we're doing the same thing here.
0: Exactly. It was such a cool connection and we made the meeting happen and it was a great turnout. And now here we are.
1: So we have our meeting at the final four, we've done e-newsletters, we have social media accounts, which are always like such an encouragement to me. Just, I mean, we we run the account and it still encourages me just to see what other moms are up to and how they're incorporating their family into their work life and figuring out that balance. Um, and now we're adding the podcast. And But what I think one of the most important things that we do that's not really visible is just making connections. So if someone, You know, maybe there's new moms who want to connect with other moms of infants or moms of preschoolers to try and figure out some logistics or in the past, um, I mean, I've had to connect with moms as I've made moves in my career and tried to figure things out. And that's been invaluable to me. So really just the grassroots connection tool is probably the most important part of what we do.
0: Agreed. It really is. That connection is huge. And that's what's so cool in the meetings and also just in general with moms and coaching is seeing women connect with each other to support each other and to be the best that we can be in this business no matter where we're from or what our experience is
1: so many of us have our own little niche even within the moms and coaching world we have head coaches a lot of assistant coaches division one coaches high school coaches we talk a lot about if you are married, are you the main breadwinner in your home? Is your spouse the main breadwinner? Because coaching requires you to move around. So that is going to kind of determine, you know, what your priorities are as a family and that can get tricky down the line. We have single moms. And like you said already, we have not yet moms too, which are always my favorite at the meeting. Like they come in just leaving mind blown, but hopefully inspired too.
0: Yeah, it's such a cool time. We have an hour to an hour and a half, and it feels like it flies by. We've had some amazing speakers, um, group leaders, and just it's so neat to see the connections that are made. And it's why it started, was that we need to connect. Humans need to connect. And again, it is finding people that you wouldn't necessarily even know we're mothers, wouldn't connect with for any other reason finding those people and
1: finding common ground and encouragement. We facilitate this group but we need it just as much as anybody and I mean our kids uh, between the two of us our oldest kid is nine um, so we're not we're certainly not parenting experts but you know and it is really true that in those tough moments in the season I think about the other experienced moms in our group and I'm like okay she did it. I can do this. (laughs) Exactly. And I, and there's just such good pieces of advice
0: that I've gotten over the years that just stand out. I was talking to a really successful head coach and she's the epitome of reaching the top and a workhorse. You know, she has a reputation of just being a total grinder. And she said, look, that first year of your daughter's life, do not take it for granted work will always be there get your priorities straight now and I know it's going to be tempting and I you know I always thought back to that if she's telling me that I'm going to listen because she again has been able to be there done that one and is also a mom giving me that advice Um, you know things like that just go such a long way and that's just our goal we've we've had that support and we still need that support and we want to be able to facilitate that for others
1: Right. And I've heard you tell that story before, and I know how important that one single connection was for you.
0: It was. It, it, it goes so far. We never know what we say or how we say it will, how it'll affect people. So um, hopefully we'll get a
1: lot of those great nuggets here on this podcast, actually. Yes, that's the plan. Okay. So um, you were just talking about when you were pregnant uh, and being on the road and, and speaking to different coaches and things, but let's back up way before that. And just kind of give us your coaching history or take us back to your playing days walk us through brooke's story oh boy Well, it's a long
0: story. I just turned 40 this year. So the most important part of the story, I guess, that led me to this point is I played at Florida State um, and I played for the boss that I have now and was fortunate enough to come back and work for her. After I graduated college, I played professionally for about nine years and then got into coaching slowly at the high school level and ultimately made it back to florida state going on 10 years now as a coach so time has flown but i believe it was my third year on the job here i got pregnant and sue is amazing and she is a mentor to me she's a role model she's like a mother to me she's my boss and she was great when i told her that hey i'm pregnant but she had no idea how to help me. She had never had a female on her staff with kids. She'd had males on her staff with kids, but as we know that's a lot different. And that's really when i began to see the need to go out there and and really find people that can help me and also help her, help Sue just be like, okay, it's going to be okay. We're going to, you know, we're going to figure this out. And so Avery came along and Sue is Avery's godmother and and it's been such a blessing to be a part of a college basketball team with amazing women that are 18 to 22 years old. You know, it's such a cool two-way relationship between kids, little kids and college kids. There's just something almost magical about it and it's been difficult. I mean, as we as we know, it's never what you would call easy, but it's been so rewarding and I couldn't be happier. But yeah, I just, I'm so thankful for the friends that I've met because I'm a mom and you being one of them. And I just love being on this journey together. When we met, you weren't coaching, which was interesting. So
1: tell us a little bit about your fun story. So my resume is a little non-traditional, and that goes back to my family because I played at the College of Charleston in South Carolina, and I married my husband in August after graduation. So by my senior year, probably not until the spring of my senior year, I had decided that that I wanted to coach, um, which had not been the plan all along, but you know, when we start to see basketball going away, it's like, wait a minute, that's my favorite thing. So that was kind of a conundrum because my husband was about to start dental school in Charleston and I just needed to get my foot in the door coaching, which we know is so, so hard to do and might require you to move halfway across the country which I wasn't willing to do with my you know new marriage so I had kind of decided like I'm just gonna apply for grad school here in Charleston and I had actually applied for a job and was set up with this other job and then we got married August 2nd went on our honeymoon and as soon as I got back my head coach Nancy Wilson called me and she was like hey um I just got this new position approved for a director of basketball operations, and I want you to have it. And I just thought that was so awesome. You know, we're believers. And I just, I knew that I was supposed to be following my husband and and prioritizing this marriage. But I was like, wait a minute, straight out of the gate, I don't get to do what I want to do. But you know, in doing that, I just feel like he was really faithful to provide that job. And I didn't make a lot of money, of course, as a dobo at a mid-major school. Um, I was in grad school, my husband was a dental student. And so his schooling was really important. But I stayed on staff at College of Charleston for three seasons and after two years that's when I got pregnant with my first daughter Ava. So I was 24 when I had her and then my head coach at College of Charleston retired. So again I'm in this weird situation where my husband's still in school and we have one daughter and now I need a coaching job. So what am I going to do? And just at the right time an assistant coaching position opened up at Charleston Southern University which is about 30 minutes away. Um, So basically in the same city, we didn't have to move or anything. And it was, I got to get on the floor coaching. Um, So that was really awesome. And I got hired by Julie Goodenough, who's my current boss now at Abilene Christian. And again, I just, I was just so thankful for God's timing and all of that. Then the next year, Julie left CSU to come to Abilene Christian. And at that time, Paul had one more year left. So we're in Charleston for one more year. I can't come with her to ACU. What am I gonna do? Oh, and by the way, we've got a second kid on the way. So he's a student and we need to pay, we actually need a paycheck. So let's just forget my career aspiration for a second. We needed to pay our bills. And so the new head coach got hired at Charleston Southern. That's Fred Applin. He's still there now. And he kept me on staff, which we know almost never happens. But I was so thankful for that. And so we finished out our year there at CSU. And then my husband wanted to specialize in pediatrics, which requires some more moving and some more training. So that's when I stepped away from coaching full-time. And we lived in Ohio while he was at Ohio State and in Minnesota while he was at the University of Minnesota. So I had t- these two years where I stepped away from full-time coaching and I wasn't really sure how to stay involved, but I knew that I wanted to do it. Um, I had two kids, two and under, and decided to do two things. So the first was to start the Coach Mom blog, which I loved. It was just my favorite thing every week to have a conversation with a coaching mom and write their story and share that with everybody. I loved doing that. I was often writing at 1 a.m. after I finished nursing or whatever. (laughs) And then also... I was a Division III volunteer in both of those cities. So that was totally out of my wheelhouse. I didn't know anything about the D3 level, but I just was calling around to anyone who would listen like, hey, I'm a D1 coach, but I'm here because my husband's here. I'm only here for a year. Can I help you in any way? And so one coach took me in, in Ohio at Ohio Wesleyan, and then I was at Bethel University in Minnesota you know, I don't really know how to be away from a team. I've just had that for so long and it's, it's one of the best things about what we do. And so I was really grateful for those experiences. And then from Minneapolis, Coach Goodenough called from Abilene and she said, hey, I, I want you to come be my associate head coach. I know Paul has one more year of residency left in Minnesota and you guys don't want to live apart, but it would only be for a year. And you know, it's basically your job to turn down. So he and I flew down to Abilene, Texas, which was never on our radar to move to West Texas. We're both from the East Coast. Um, But I just have so much respect for Coach Goodenough, and there's just was a lot of trust built between us, and we know that in this business, it's all about who you work for, especially if you have a family. So we came down and I just wasn't, I just wasn't sure about it. But Paul was offered a job on the spot and they would basically take him a year later after he completed his residency. So he was like, Erica, I think we can make this work. I think you should do it. So it was really his encouraging that made me feel like I could do this and make it possible. But it was 13 months of living apart, and I definitely relied on our, our coaching moms network because I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to, you know, live in two different places, but I knew some women who had made that work. And so I talked to Zeneray Antoine at Texas State, who her, her husband is a football coach, and so she's had a lot of years of experience of that. And so she kind of gave me some logistical advice about finding a nanny and how how to pay your nanny because our schedule is so weird. And I talked to Lisa Fortier at Gonzaga, who her husband, she's, they live in the same place, but her husband's on her staff. So they kind of function like a single parent. And then here I am talking to you, of course, and you figure it out by yourself all the time. Single moms, my appreciation for single moms definitely went up that year. You know, it was just, he would fly down once a month and i definitely had the guilt of just feeling like he was missing out on a whole year of their life just for my career aspirations but we knew that it was right for us i wouldn't necessarily recommend it for everyone everybody's situation's a little bit different but yeah just lots of mom guilt that year because we have a lot of early morning workouts and late nights and your kids the first one to get dropped off at daycare and the last one to get picked up and things like that and you just wonder like Oh my gosh, am I messing them up? Like here's one story I want to share is just about our preseason because we always have early Monday mornings on the tr- track during preseason. So you know, I would have to get the kids out of bed at like 5 15 and quickly get them dressed for daycare and for school and try to round up some to-go breakfast. And we would always take their sleeping bags to the track because they're still like half asleep, you know. So my team's running, I get my kids situated with their sleeping bags and their their bagels or whatever in the middle of the track at by 6 a.m. so that I can focus on the team workout. And I just always felt so guilty about that because afterwards I'm running to drop them off at school or daycare and they're tired. And then the following year, by that time, my husband had moved here. And at one point my, my oldest, she said, mom, is it, is it still preseason? And I was like, yeah, it's preseason. And she was like, well, how come you haven't taken us to the track? We like to um, lay out and look up at the stars. And I just kind of got choked up because I was like, the kid's perspective is so different. Here I am so guilty and they loved it. They just loved it. So I think there's some really unique challenges that we have for sure, but there's some really unique benefits too.
0: Absolutely. That's another thing that I've heard, just a great piece of advice. Etora Coleman, who's now at Marquette, she has four children. She did the live apart thing as well at one point from her husband. And she said, you know, whenever that guilt comes over me, whenever I think, am I doing the right thing with my career? She says, I think about all the advantages that our kids have because we're coaches and not just advantages monetarily or anything like that, but the experiences just like you're talking about. I mean, if you weren't a coaching mom, they might, they wouldn't have her. I mean, what kid does that, you know, and can say those types of things or the places they're able to go when they come on the road with you recruiting, or or on a road trip, you know, for a game, or and just the like we were saying before, just those connections with younger women that they'll they'll look up to, and I, even as they get older, you know, Ava who is nine right now, she's looking at these girls that you're coaching; she has those role models right there for her. I think it's it is it's something that yes, we give up time, we give up some things with our kids, but there are so many advantages for our children uh, because we are in this profession.
1: All right. So we are so looking forward to continuing these conversations and getting plenty of guests on here on the Moms and Coaching podcast. We have an all-star lineup set up already, but we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at momsandcoaching@gmail.com at with topics that you want to talk about, content ideas, or suggested speakers. Um, If you have any questions for us, we're more than happy to answer those. And we're going to close, though. This is our question that closes every podcast episode. We're going to talk about what is winning the game for you right now. So, Brooke, no pressure. You're the first one. We're talking like a helpful resource, an important person, some kind of life hack. What is winning the game for you right now? Man, man. This is so obvious and probably pretty
0: lame, but I have got to thank Zoom. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've got to thank Zoom. I you know, it's it's not Zoom's fault when it, my Wi-Fi, I would say, is the, what messes up my my Zoom, my love for Zoom at times, but I do. I've I've really enjoyed the the technology that we're so blessed to have whether it's Zoom, FaceTime, all the things that can you imagine during this time being isolated and not being able to see people? It, it really, it's it's been such a, a godsend, honestly. And and being separated from my daughter, I mean, it's it's everything to me. So, yes. So Zoom,
1: FaceTime, and of course, you've had a ton of Zoom and FaceTime recruiting calls too. But have you like have you kept up with your family? They're in Ohio, right? They are. Yes.
0: I've kept up with them. We did a, we, we did a family zoom on Easter. You know, I honestly, even my coworkers now, if we're on a call, just a regular phone call and we need, I'm like, do you want to hop on a zoom? Or, you know, let's hop on a zoom. So it's like gotten to that point where we need this interaction. So, and, and we're, for all our listeners out there, we are on Zoom right now talking to each other, <laughs> Erica and I. Yes. So I I really have to say that is that is what is helping me win the game right now. What about for you? I'm curious. I know you have something really good.
1: Well, I don't know about that. But I do feel like we talked about this a little bit, but my schedule every day is just all over the place. And so many Zoom calls and like I said, we're sort of partially well, I guess fully back on campus we're just not keeping normal office hours but um i'm used to having a very structured day so that kind of it's just been tough you know and having the kids at home and trying to figure out structure for the day so for me what's winning the game is my gym to be honest like i work out at the it's called the performance lab in abilene and my workout buddy is awesome Her name's Lindy, and so at 8.30 every day, 8.30 to 9.30, that's my one-hour workout. It's me time. They have a kids fit workout, so I bring my daughters, Ava and Maya, with me, and they go work out for an hour. Well, I say workout loosely, (laughs) Um, but they get to, to go have fun and exercise with some friends too. From 8.30 to 9.30, I know what I'm doing every day, and my workout partner is awesome.
0: There is nothing like a good workout partner to hold you accountable to getting up and being there every day for the morning. So that is a great win for you, Erica. Keep up the good work. Well, that's it for us today. Erica, this was so much fun. And we just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for being here with us for the first ever Moms and Coaching podcast. We are so excited about what's coming next. We hope that you'll tune in again and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Moms in
1: Coaching. Bye everyone. Until next time.